Welcome back, Rocky Road family. We have another new guest today for you. Her name is Nick, and we are going to have her introduce herself and hear more about her story today. So welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I'm Nick. I am the founder and executive director of a nonprofit called We Are Not Broken. I love that. That's a great thing. I think that's what drew me to um, reaching out to you in general uh, the first time. And I don't, actually don't remember if you reached out to us too, but anyway, to, to the actual conversation going back and forth for me, I loved that tagline because we so often hear that we are broken and we are um, damaged from yeah. our past or something that happened to us. So um, tell us more about that nonprofit. So I founded it, um, I'm going into my fifth year. So back in the beginning of 2019, um, I my husband was in the military for 26 years. So we moved everywhere every two years and I was um, in fitness. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got tired of listening to women beat themselves up. You know, I did, I, I was a strength and conditioning coach for 24 years and you know, that's, oh, that was like the one common thread, you know. So mm-hmm. once um, he retired from the military and uh, I kind of retired from fitness, I'm like, I want to do something that is going to make a difference. Not so much a paycheck, but a difference. And it just it just kind of happened. So I, I, I picked up my camera, which was really something I love to do, and um, ended up taking some pictures. And I'm like, I'm going to take pictures of women that have physical scars or emotional, you know, or, or tell their emotional stories through my lens, um, stretch marks, anything, anything that made a woman feel less than, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to capture it. So really what We Are Not Broken is, is a storytelling platform for women and girls that have physical or emotional scars. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, cameras never lie right? They always tell the truth um, until you start photoshopping them, which we don't do. (laughs) So it's really, it's really about, you know, giving women and girls a platform to really embrace who they are, tell their story, turn that trauma into triumph. You know, their, their, their story is all through those scars. So that's, that's what it's really all about. And that's Mm -hmm. important. One thing I heard in um, a recording that you had done for, um, well, and we'll put your podcast um, later on too, so people know where to find it, was that you say, anybody who reaches out to us, will get you in the studio. It might take a while. How many people have you been able to get into the studio? Uh, over 500. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So everybody, it doesn't matter. I mean, it might be a year before we get to you because it's just... You know, it's just me doing the pictures and the editing. Now we've got somebody else that's coming in and doing the videography. Um, so on top of running a nonprofit organization and all that entails, there's the whole, you know, creative side of it too. So we get everybody scheduled. So, yeah. That's really amazing. I actually just heard on Instagram, <clears throat> I saw, follow somebody and yesterday she posted like one of those ask your questions things. And it said, what do you what is the biggest struggle for women? And my first response was feeling beautiful, Mm. like in the world, just in the country and who we are. That was the first thought in my head was just feeling worthy and feeling beautiful. I just think it's like one of the biggest struggles for women in our society with social media and pictures and comparison, but also just with the reality of the world, like the things that we do go through that are behind cameras or behind closed doors um, that could be just really, really harmful to us and really hurtful. I think it's amazing what you're doing and, and giving people and w- giving women that platform to share that they aren't a broken person because they went right. through. Well, my biggest thing, uh, my biggest thing is things can be broken, right? A cup can be broken. A plate can be broken. People cannot be broken. You might feel broken, but you cannot be broken. It's, it's a label that society has given us and we've accepted it. So we like, so we say it, it's like a common thing that we say, oh, I'm so broken. And we, no, you're not. You might feel broken. There's a big difference. Don't claim that you're broken. Mm-hmm. Things get broke. People don't. Because well, then by claiming it, you're owning yeah. that label too. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, that's the culture that, 
I'm trying to create. I don't want to change nobody. Like trying to change somebody's mind is a long, drawn out process. But if you create a new culture around, you know, the stories, the trauma that we carry and the way that we feel, then you can look at things differently. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I hear people say, oh, I'm so broken, I'm like, no, you're not. That's a label. Stop owning that. That's not what you are. That's not who you are. You mm-hmm. might feel that way, but the, the second that you say, I'm not broken, guess what? That gives you your power back. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So. Tell us more of your story. So how, you know, you wanted to make this impact. You wanted to see people... Um, have this movement with the pictures and everything that you offer. Um, but how, you know, aside from being a strength and fitness coach, what brought you to that place? You know, so my husband, when, when we retired, he, he bought me a camera, a really cool camera. And uh, it had been years since I had picked up a camera. I mean, it, it had been that long that they didn't even make film anymore. Right. So now everything's digital. So I had to learn digital photography so what I did is I volunteered at my church and I volunteered at the, on the photography team for like a whole year and just learning myself the camera and taking pictures. But every time I would leave volunteering, I'm like, oh, this is, this is just an amazing feeling, just capturing people, you know, crying, laughing, you know, in their, in their sad moments, in their happy moments. But it made me feel like really empowered and I'm like everybody should feel like this right Mm -hmm. um but then you know I had a sister that passed away from um she passed away from breast cancer my mom had breast cancer Mm -hmm. and just watching watching them go through that and then last year I was diagnosed with breast cancer so Mm -hmm. just you know watching all of that and and the way that we talk about ourselves right we're so women are so hard on themselves mm-hmm. and having a daughter I'm like I, yeah I'm not gonna accept that anymore like I'm not gonna accept that I'm not gonna put that out on the world do I struggle sometimes with feeling you know not so good about myself yes but guess what I know that I'm like okay that's a thought that's a feeling it'll pass I know that you know I'm a badass I mm-hmm. I, I do things um you know so it's just really the talk, like getting the negative self-talk out of your head and then showing images of women that have no breasts or women that have no legs or women that have, you know, half of their face missing or soldiers that have fought for this country that have, you know, the most severe wounds, burn wounds, whatever it is, that they survived that. Mm-hmm. Why is that not celebrated? And the aftermath is the only thing that's celebrated. Mm. So, you know, just, I think that feeling for me of wanting to empower and wanting to serve is really the root of everything that I do. Mm. And um, again, in listening to some of your other work, it's interesting that CrossFit gyms and strength and conditioning there. It is such an empowering place, but you're right. It can be such a mentally unhealthy place. Um, And I think it's interesting because there's, I mean, CrossFit has evolved for years and years since it's first was really, really tiny. And like you say, it was in, it was in your yard. (laughs) I think it was. And then you eventually got a gym that needed to get an expansion on it. But um, thinking about CrossFit as a place that it can be really, really scary. But I think that one of my favorite things about CrossFit is that there's a modification for everything. Um, A lot of people don't do it as prescribed. I think it's a great example of going in and making alterations based on your strengths and your needs, not weaknesses, but your needs. If I have a a broken wrist, I'm obviously not going to do a certain workout and I'm going to modify it to make it fit for me. I'm not going to go in and do exactly what's on the board because it's not right for everybody. So do you feel that you were able to make a difference with your empowerment um, and really supporting other women in that setting? Or is it after your strength and conditioning coach that you really felt this, um, this greater pull? No, I was really big into empowering women in the fitness industry because I, I always considered myself a student of human movement. I was never like, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer or I'm a master trainer or I'm a national level coach. I never put those labels, even though I had all of those titles, I never put those labels because 
if I stayed in an attitude of being a student of human movement, Mm. everybody moves differently. Mm. So for me, empowering through that, that lens um, was huge. You know, I'm like your body, listen, your body is not her body and the way your body reacts is not the way her body reacts. And so I was very much, uh, cognizant of a lot of that that was going on in the gym and also with you know private clients so I've, I've, I've always been I've always been empowering but in that setting I was making a paycheck mm. in this setting it was really important for me to do something that would go beyond me and you know I, I always say you take a photograph a photograph lasts sometimes like longer than the actual person you'll go in all these antique stores right and you actually see photographs of people well who were those people what are their stories well they're probably their family's probably not even around anymore you know so i just wanted to create that in that aspect of something that's going to be around forever and it's a beautiful thing to look at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You said that you grew up in England before we started recording here and you moved here um, and then now you're in the United States. So um, what was, you know, I I feel like there's just something in your heart from what I'm hearing you saying that just has that that natural gravitation towards wanting to empower women. And from a small child or a teenager or a young age, is there anything that really drew you in that you saw at those young ages that are now impacting your work today? You know, I come from a a great, I have a great family, a very close family. Um, I have five brothers (laughs) um, and I was kind of like a little rebel you know, I wouldn't let nobody push my brothers around because I'm the oldest. I wouldn't let nobody push my, like, my family around. My family were my everything, like my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. And I think I've always been, like, a strong um, champion for the underdog. Hmm. You know, like, I hate bullying. I hate that stuff. Like, and even being younger, I would stick up for, like, so many people. I was always in fights, but it was always, like, to stick up for somebody else. So I think... You know, just coming from that background of, you know, always wanting to to be a voice for the underdog. Mm-hmm. So, and that seems like what you're still doing in this in this work now, where somebody is calling themselves broken. Yeah. You're like, get up, you know, keep going. You're not broken. And if you, you know, like you said, if you think you are, let's fix it and let's keep going. And I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's there's nothing more powerful than the truth, right? There's nothing more powerful to me than the truth. And mm-hmm. the truth sometimes is raw. It's sometimes painful, but the truth will move you out of the lies that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, when I hear a woman say what she is not, I'm like, yeah, but look at what you are. So stop talking about what you're not. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to stay there? You know, I'm like, I can do, I, I can be very direct, but in a loving way. <laughs> and give you an alternative right because i don't want to see i don't want to see that i don't want to hear that mm-hmm. you are like listen if you're so fortunate women get to grow human beings inside of them right if if that's a choice mm-hmm. um we also get to be like the mother figure for everybody when you think about it you know i mean women are just really strong and we don't give each other we don't give in each other or ourselves the credit or or the accolades that hey yeah we are strong Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and we need to start beating each other down Mm -hmm. from the stupidity of jealousy or comparison or whatever it is you you know we're stronger together so let's Mm -hmm. just start lifting each other up It's a really important point is that we, I think women are meaner to each other than than anybody else in the world. And it it could be jealousy. It could be comparison. It could be a variety of things. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. And um, 
we had another guest recently who who encouraged, okay, go tell yourself that you love yourself in the mirror. And I think that that should be the same for every other person is if I am not telling my friends and family and the people around me that I love them and I respect them and I'm proud of them and I think yeah. they're doing a good job, they also might not be saying that to themselves. And so right. that might be the only person, my voice might be the only positive voice in their head. And if they can repeat yeah. that, then that's making a huge difference. Yeah. I seen a, not, not too long ago, I seen a reel where, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a reel of a girl and she had a, just her iPhone and she's just in a vehicle and she just um, has a camera on people that are just regular people walking by, you know, no smile on the face. And she just shouts out the most beautiful comment or, or compliment. And there, it's like their whole demeanor changes, their face light up. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why, why are people not like that all the time? Mm-hmm. What, what a world we would live in. Right. What, yeah. what, what things we could accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I've been in that place where I, I felt broken. I can definitely understand that. And I still have elements of that too, with just the things that I've been through in my life, but I get really tired of living in that pit. Mm-hmm. And I think we, get so satisfied. And so there's almost like this expectation that you shouldn't be great. You know, like everyone's busy or they're overworked or they're, oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. And I know when I just sit there for a while, I, I think I have one life. Do I want to live like this for the rest of my life thinking that I'm broken or, you know, damaged, um, whatever that may be. And it does take a lot of um, initiative to want to change that. And it's very purposeful change, intentional, um, with either reading books or getting counseling or, um, a life coach or something, whatever that may be that will help get you out of that rut. And I just think it's so interesting because usually when you ask somebody, how are you? They're like, Oh, I'm good. Thanks. You know, and that's, that's it. But are you really right? So, and it's okay to say that you're not, Mm-hmm. Right. But again, when, yeah, when people say they're not, it throws you off. Like I had somebody the other day, I said, how are you today? And he was like, not good. Right. <laughs> and I just didn't know what to say because we're so used to yeah. saying, mm-hmm. oh, I'm good. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Thanks. Whatever it is. And he told me something that was happening in his, his wife, to his wife, who, he was an older man. And he said something about his wife and it was devastating. Mm-hmm. And I just stood there and I was like, I don't even know what to say to him because you're just not used to saying that you're not okay or that something is bad or that you're not having a really good day. Um, But we live in this world where we accept the fact that we're not okay and that we are, we are broken. We aren't worthy. We're not loved. We're not cared for. But when someone asks us, how are you? You're like, I'm good. Yeah. So it's just a very backwards. It really is. way. Mm -hmm. We, we've accepted so much. Like mm-hmm. if you look at all the things we've accepted. Um, I, when I was very little, I remember uh, my dad used to always say, live every day as if it's your last because one day it will be. Mm-hmm. I remember they, I, I was just in a conference last week in, um, out in Vegas, a big conference, and they were asking these people, um, and these are like billionaire people. They were asking these questions, like, "What would you do if you if you only had twenty four hours?" And everybody says, you know, they would spend it with family, or they would, you know, you'd just be kinder to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I know with me getting diagnosed with cancer last year, you know, the immediate like, "Oh, you have breast cancer." So coming from my, my family history, the first thing you think about is how long do I have to live, mm-hmm. right? So all through last year, it was, okay, I, even though I've always been a really positive person, I'm like, I am going to share every single piece of my journey, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, the blood, the, the drains coming out my body, everything. I shared every single thing from my um, journey of losing my breasts, of being in the, you know, surgery for 11 hours, in the ICU for four days, it, you know, but society would tell me, don't, don't share that. That's mm-hmm. private. 
you know, don't mm -hmm. share that. Like, why is that private when another woman might be going through the same thing and needs somebody there to hold her up? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I can't tell you how many women reached out just by sharing, sharing mm -hmm. that story. But I'm like, we, we've got to share it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. Right. Mm -hmm. But we've also got to give each other, give ourselves grace. Give mm -hmm. yourself grace. Look, if you get up in the morning and you don't feel good, don't put pressure on yourself to try and go be something and be everything for somebody else or because you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Give yourself enough grace to say, hey, guess what? I feel like this today and it's all right to feel like this, but I'm not going to stay there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to acknowledge that I feel like that, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to get up because what if this is my last day on earth? Because nobody knows. Mm -hmm. What if it is? Am I gonna right. wallow in? Am I gonna wallow in the negative self-talk that really is perpetuated by the images that we see every day, the Photoshop, the mm -hmm. things that are not real, the filters? It's not real, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. And all of us at this point. No, it's not real, but I think we're still so dependent on it. Yeah. There's so many people. I've gotten into moods where I, I used to follow. I used to be a power lifter and all this, and I used to follow all the CrossFit girls. I used to follow all the health and nutrition because I used to everything. And then one day I just looked and I go, I don't need to see all this all the time because I am saying I'm not that. I'm not good enough for that. But you know what? Those are professional photos that are put in magazines. And um, even though it is, I think CrossFit is a lot better at being less Photoshopped than a lot of other places. If you're looking at health and nutrition coaches, if you're looking at, you know, all these idealized things, we, I know it's not real, <laughs> but yeah, I not. still kind of crave that because in some twisted way, maybe we think it's motivation. Maybe we yeah. want an excuse to, to speak badly about ourselves. Yeah. The human mind, especially the female mind, is such a twisted place to be and we're oh, capable. Yeah. Women are so capable. Like you said, we grow humans <laughs> if we yeah. choose to. That's yeah. a miracle. And 100%. Somehow things like breast cancer or postpartum depression or a miscarriage, those are still things that are very, very, it's, they're talked about more recently, which is amazing because there's things that are so much more normal that a lot of people don't want to go into and we need to because yeah. it's, it's just open, it's as normal as a broken arm, but for some reason it's taboo. And if you're sharing that and someone doesn't want to see it, they can choose not to look. It's more right. important that you're sharing it. Yeah, hundred percent. I I just I published a book, the first scar stories coffee table book, mm -hmm. um, back in 2020. It just got released last year because of COVID and then all my life stuff. Um, but I'm like, I want a coffee table book where you open it and all you see are the beautiful scars of women who have survived, of girls who have survived. And they look beautiful. And that was like a, a number one dream I had in the beginning when I first started. And I made it happen. And I'm like, these books should be in every oncology um, office. So if a woman gets diagnosed with breast cancer, hey, look, it looks like this. It's beautiful. Look, right? Mm -hmm. This is this story. Or, you know, I, I had a little girl in there who had brain cancer. You know, I did a story of a little girl who had brain cancer, lost all her hair, seven years old chemotherapy, radiation, beat brain cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Had a massive scar on her head, no hair, had to go back to school. And the one thing she's bullied because she has no hair. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are we teaching our kids that it's mm -hmm. all right to bully a little girl who's probably stronger than any adult walking around? She should be going back to school and everybody should be like applauding her like mm -hmm. wow you must be like the strongest person instead mm -hmm. of looking at it as a weakness and something to bully let's look at it as a strength mm -hmm. so that is what we are not broken as for too you know like she i i tell everyone tell everyone at school when they bully you you're a supermodel for an organization and you're in a book and mm -hmm. like her whole face changed right <laughs> get that power so yeah. I, I just, those kind of stories are just cool. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sure you've seen stories too where the scars are done by the woman themselves. Oh yes. You've had that. So the woman hurt herself or did something and something sometimes things aren't done to us, but sometimes we go through those things that are difficult. And whether, you know, it could be like a domestic violence issue or something, but it can also be cutting or something, you know, more severe for the woman to do and then to overcome that. Yeah. And even that you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, when I see people with scars, what do I think in my mind? And sometimes like to be, just to be honest, sometimes it's like, oh, what's wrong with them? And right. it's more so like, yeah. what have they gone through that makes mm-hmm. makes them that? And so it's, it's that, like you're saying, it's that mindset shift that looking at somebody with scars um, and, you know, celebrating them, yeah. that they're a survivor of whatever they endured. Yeah, we should look at scars and say, what strength do you have behind that scar? I want to know. I want to know. Like, I've walked with people in grocery stores and, like, seen scars on their necks. And I'm like, oh, man, look, your scar is so beautiful. I know this is going to sound really weird because you're not used to it, but I have a vision <laughs> and I would love for you to come in the studio and tell your story. And, yeah. and people are like, you want to hear my story? I'm like, yeah, I do. I want the world to hear your story. You have a story. Let's let's share it. I mean, I, I, there's not one scar that I haven't done. Even those scars that you don't see, like I've done child loss where a woman has lost her child, not in miscarriage, but actually like three years old or four years old. Or, you know, I, I don't think there's a deeper wound than that kind of like a heart scar. This, you know, but instead of her going into herself, you know, and then blaming herself or whatever the case may be, hey, you're probably going to save somebody else's life by talking to them because you don't know who's at that suicidal level that needs to hear from you because you've been through that. I mean, look, we can all talk to anybody, but to talk to somebody that's actually walked the walk that you're on, that's mm-hmm. where the power is. And, and having... You know, I I did one story of a woman that cut so severely. She was the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Cut so severely, there was no skin left. Mm. Her knee all the way up, like no skin. Mm. And she came in and finally did her story. She's healed and she lives an amazing life. But through her story, a mother of a 15-year-old girl who had just started cutting contacted me. And we got, I reached out to her daughter and, you know, being in fitness, I was doing powerlifting and I'm like, hey, come powerlift with me, you know, like really. And then I'm like, come tell your story. I know all about Mm. your story. She did. And then she never cut again. Mm. So like the stories save lives. Your story saves somebody's life. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big believer in telling your story And, Mm. and, and, when people say, well, my scar is not that big or I don't have a big scar. I'm like, stop with the comparison. Mm-hmm. Your story is unique to you and somebody out there needs to hear it. So are you going to be selfish and keep it inside? Or are you going to share it? You know, I do it all in a joking way, but I'm like, sure. There's also so many scars that people try to hide and they have them, you know, like a port on their chest if they had cancer or something or a a facial reconstructive surgery or arms that they cover up or something. And I don't, where do you think that stigma comes from that there's so much shame in that? You know, because of what we've said a woman should be, of what we've accepted that a woman should be. And a man said, no offense to men, I have sons, I have brothers, I have an amazing husband I've been with for 33 years. But Back in the dark ages, a man said, this is what a woman will be, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just gone. It's just, it's, we've just accepted it. And as time it, it, it is, you know, time has gone on. We've added stuff to it with technology, with the Photoshop or, you know, with whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, we've just accepted it. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um I just think it's just time that we let our voices be heard, but in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to let your voice be heard and you're, you, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer of letting your voice be heard 
when you're pulling somebody else down. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just not the best way to let your voice be heard. Mm -hmm. Let your voice be heard to where you can lift somebody up or you can save somebody's life Mm -hmm. or your story will just make somebody smile. Mm -hmm. You know, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. With that in mind, have you gotten any negative feedback from Ben saying, why don't you share more male stories or you have? But not negative. Mm-hmm. I haven't known, I've had no negative. I, well, I have, but I've had it from women. Like, why mm-hmm. would you want it in the beginning? Why would, because mm-hmm. you got to understand nobody is doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. People will do, like a photographer will do, if it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, you'll start seeing a lot of mastectomy photo- mm-hmm. photography or burn month. But nobody is taking scars and they weren't five years ago and, and scars and stories and trauma and sharing that in a, in a, in a great light, mm-hmm. in a beautiful light. Um, but the negative that I've had is being usually from, you know, another woman. Why would you want to take pictures of women with scars? Who does that? Like, why mm-hmm. would you do that? And I'm like, I do it. I do it. And I want to do it. And yeah, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the woman who you might have, who they might have a story that they don't realize they have a story, or they might think their story is not comparable, but every single person has something in their life they've been through. And I, I go back to when I used to work in child and adolescent psych, just because I don't understand what this 13 year old girl, how to wrap my head around why this one event would cause her to try to end her life. Doesn't mean that that doesn't feel like the most important thing in the world for that 13 year old girl. Right. And so the way that we process trauma and the way that we process the things that we've gone through are all different. And it's possible that that person who says, why would you want to tell scar stories? Okay, well, what's your scar story? Yeah. And maybe it might take some digging to see what it actually is. And maybe you'll find yourself an ally eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a relentless dog with a bone. <laughs> when it comes to getting getting stories. I mean, somebody, yeah, I've had people say, I'm just not ready. I'm like, well, I'm here when you're ready. And then I'll check in on them. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready. No, I'm not ready. I'm like, well, I'm here when you're ready. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, over 500 stories is pretty huge. And then, and then you know, we made, we made it, I made it a national day. The day that I founded it, I was able to make a national We Are Not Broken day. So like, I'm like, it's not just a nonprofit for me. It's a movement. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a movement. Because mm-hmm. listen, I love everything that nonprofits do, the social impact they have on, on communities in, in their surrounding areas. But for me, women are everywhere. Scars are everywhere. Stories that women have are everywhere. So we need to be global in our thinking and like National We Are Not Broken Day is for every woman that has felt felt broken. Mm-hmm. She gets this day to say, you know what? You should say it every day, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I've got one day. I was able to get one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. Celebrate it. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So besides- yeah, I... I- I was gonna I was just gonna say the I keep thinking about the scars and I think it, it even goes back you know thousands of years where if you have a scar or you have an imperfection or a blemish it's something wrong with you and that's that is just the way we look at it where you're taking this and flipping it on its head and saying that scar is a, sur- a mark of survival yeah it's a story. and that is a very big change for a lot of people to change yeah. that mindset and to start that movement. And as far as we've come with women's rights over the last, you know, 150 years or so and everything, it's, it, it's come really far in certain areas, but even something as, as social media or modeling or magazines and things that have come up now has taken, it's made it even harder. So yes, we've climbed up with being able to vote and having equal rights to, to the extent that we do, but now having all these comparisons, instead of really in like a way you were, we were kind of, we were kind of battling and and trying to stand up to men. And I feel like now we're like trying to stand up to women, (laughs) like women trying to stand up to women for what we, um, who we are and how we're created and to not compare to another woman. 
Right. Because mm. we're not, we're, we're also not allowed to be, we're not allowed to be confident because that's like, oh, she's just so cocky or prideful. Right. Yeah. Like arrogant. Arrogant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it, when I see a woman that's got like confidence, I'm like, that's amazing. I love it. Like, I'm, mm. I love it. Like, have that confidence. Listen, you were born, you were born to be something spectacular on this earth. Mm figure out what that is mm-hmm. go get it right even if it's something uh, uh even if it's like you know I, I get to clean people's vehicles every day whatever it is like be spectacular at it because mm-hmm. you're spectacular mm-hmm. you know and i just if you just if i can instill in one woman that is just feeling down about herself. Like, get up, look in the mirror. What do you, what you see is different than what the whole world sees. You're the only one that sees that. Mm-hmm. You're the only person that sees that in the mirror. The whole world sees something different. Mm-hmm. You know. So listen, I'm going with the majority of people. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, confidence is. Uh, I think confidence is power, and I can't tell you how many in fact every single woman or girl that has left this facility because the studio is here they come in they don't know who we are they have no clue who we are they're getting ready to unpack whatever it is they might have buried that for years Mm -hmm. they're getting ready to unpack it all again and they got women that are standing before them like empowering them it's not a common thing for a mm-hmm. woman to empower another woman. And it should be. It mm-hmm. really should be. But when they leave, I can't, I'm, I'm, it's un, unreal. They leave a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, leave your baggage here. Mm-hmm. We'll trash it for you. Leave it here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to dump out back. I'll, I'll get rid of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. can you walk us through a day in the studio? Let's say, for example, let's say me or Mandy, we were to walk in. What is your... Do you have a loose plan? Do you have a specific agenda? Do you let them lead the show? What what oh, could God. you expect? So we, we've been doing it the same way for from the beginning because I used to do it in my house, mm. right? So we schedule them in and then they come in and I have a hair and makeup artist who um, she's been volunteering since day one. She has her own salon. She comes in. And we have a separate room and it's all beauty stuff. And they come in and they just sit and we tell them, come in, no, no makeup, don't do your hair, wear whatever you want that makes you feel beautiful. I don't care if it's a ball gown or if it's a bikini, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is your day, right? This is your shoot. So they come in and Amanda will sit and she'll just talk to them she'll just make them feel at ease and she does their hair and she does their makeup it's all like real natural makeup we don't do anything crazy because we mm-hmm. we think you're beautiful anyway mm-hmm. right but what woman doesn't like to have their hair and makeup done mm-hmm. right and then they go into the studio and I just have them sit there and um just talk to me I'm like I'm asking them questions and where they're from about their family and I'm just snapping as I'm talking to them because the last thing I want them to do is they're relaxed after getting their hair and makeup they come into the studio and they're like this so I got a smile like I'm like no just I don't want you to sit I don't want you to pose I don't want you to do anything just mm-hmm. talk to me and as they're talking to me I'm capturing you know and then I always have Amanda she's always there to fix her hair or whatever but I always have her dance a little Irish jig she can't dance. She'll tell you she's a first person. She can't dance. So she makes them laugh. So then I get that natural laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, that happens at every shoot. And then I have them hold this one sign. And this one sign says, um, we are not broken. This is me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you can hold it however you want. It's been the same sign I bought right in the beginning. And I'm like, pose with it. Any way you want. The only thing you can't do is put it in front of your face, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing they want to do is this. I'm like, that's the only thing you can't do. So then they start getting creative and then they're loosening up because I'm really getting ready for them to talk. Mm -hmm. So then they're loosening up and they do a few. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to mic you up. And this is the part where you just share whatever you want to share about your story. 
Um, I say, uh, just say your first name. Don't say your last name. Just say your first name. Um, and then just start sharing. I said, and when it comes to a point when you know you're done with your story, instead of just being like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, to let me know, to turn the camera off, I want you to say, I am beautiful and this is me. And I'm like, I will not turn the camera off until you say that. I said, that's the first reason. I said, the second reason is because I want to hear you say it. And the third reason is I want you to own it. Hmm. And that's how we do it. And then I'm usually behind the camera like this, like bawling my eyes out because it's set up on a tripod. So I'm usually like crying my eyes out at every session. And then after that, they've told it. And all the time we get, I am beautiful. This is me. Mm. You know, I've never had nobody. I've had some women struggle to say it, like really struggle to say it. And I'm just like, you can do it. You can do it. Because I'm not turning the camera off until you do it, you know. <laughs> um, and then and then they, they just feel so empowered. And then I have them write about a little paragraph about their experience in a book because I want to publish that book of their writings eventually, mm. you know, of how it made them feel or whatever. Um, and then we just go to work and put it together in story form and put it out. And they get the pictures. They get to keep all the pictures. Mm. Yeah. So they have like a full professional shoot and it doesn't cost them anything. Not one thing. And this year, hopefully, we'll be able to stand up the mental health program because they are unpacking a lot of trauma most of the time. So if I had a mental health counselor on site, uh, mm -hmm. or even if I could have it where I could offer that for free, like a couple of sessions after the shoot, mm -hmm. that's, that's the goal this year. So, yeah. That's wonderful. That sounds amazing. And I would love to come down and do that sometime. <laughs> but, um, I've had people fly in from Los Angeles, from um, goodness, Kansas, Atlanta. I've had people send me their stories from Africa and Canada. Wow. Yeah. So please, come on. <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. yeah. We'll add that to our stops of places to go. That'd be great. <clears throat> yeah. So then when they come in, they... They do this whole experience. You said um, they get to keep the pictures and everything. What do you do with the video? That so the video we put it all together. If you, I have a YouTube channel, so we 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 just put their pictures a little bit in the front with over music, and then we cut to their story, and then it fades out, and then cuts to more pictures, and it's just like this video of them, mm. and then we mm. just share that everywhere. Everywhere mm -hmm. we can share it. It goes on the site, as, uh, on the website as a featured story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've been used in news. We, we've been on the news media like countless times. It's been used mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and, and then they become this family because they all can relate. Mm -hmm. So what we do is National We Are Not Broken did. Uh, we rent a restaurant out and we get to serve them again and just feed them and have them all come together. All they got to do is show up, dress up, show up. And, and this year we got to feed them all and just, just love on them some more. So they, they mm -hmm. do feel part of the family. I bet that's really yeah. cool to see them interact in that way. Oh, um, <clears throat> Cause yeah. it's such a specific experience. This is going to be a weird connection, but I did a few pageants back in undergrad and it's the same way where you have, you know, these people for maybe 24 hours Yeah, and you are a sisterhood. And yes. you do hard things together. And that's that's a whole other misunderstood area <laughs> of, of the feminism is pageantry. But um, it's so interesting where you have that in common. And not very many people, well, now over 500 now, will understand yeah. what that experience was like. And so yeah. you have this big sisterhood. Yeah, they love it. And then they reach out to each other. They mm. form bonds and they form relationships. And it's it's just, it's great to watch. It's mm. great to watch that. Mm -hmm. Take us through one of the most impactful stories you've done in the last six months. Maybe wow. one that you just, it just really got to you. Man, that's it's just, they all get to me. They really, <laughs> I mean, they, they really, really do. Um, wow. Oh, wow. I even think the ability to, to have that 15-year-old girl come in. Oh, yeah. Life. 
Oh, that, the, I had a vet come who lost her leg and, and she thought she was no, no good in society and she had the suicide hotline on, on speed dial and was going to mm. kill herself and, and she came and did her story. We were able to connect her with the amputee foundation. She got mm. a leg for free, like a prosthetic wow. leg. Then she started being um, uh, doing wheelchair basketball and then she she's a spokesperson for We Are Not Broken. Like anytime mm. I need a speaker, I'm like, come on, get on the stage. And she gets <laughs> up there and she loves it. But, you know, there's just so many stories. Like it's really hard to just, they're all so impactful. They really are. I mean, yeah. there's one that I remember, it hasn't been in the last six months, but I remember uh, a woman, we went to um, San Antonio to do a mini conference. We didn't know what we would do. And we took camera, we, a church let us use their church. Mm-hmm. And we said, come on, if you want to tell your story. Um, but there was a woman in the back and she was in her late sixties and could just tell that she wanted to tell her story but she wouldn't come forward and everybody had told their story mm. and then I, I just went up I'm like come on I know you need to tell your story so anyway she eventually came in the back and she talked about a tw- this is a woman in her late 60s at 12 years old still feeling the gun metal of the uh, the, the cold steel of the gun that was pressed against her head as her uncle was raping her Mm. at 12 years old Mm. and then her like i'm and i'm literally me and amanda are like like trying to keep our composure and then she looked in the camera and she named every one of her abusers and she said i forgive you oh Mm. i was like just amazing Mm. wow yeah very impactful (laughs) And then she did, she, she just gave all this advice to, if you're a young girl, like she, she didn't just tell a story. She, she told it from a position of don't let that happen to you. If that's mm-hmm. happening to you, go talk to somebody. Don't be me. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time she'd ever spoke about it, which was even more impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I give you a huge amount of respect for being able to then communicate with them. Cause hearing those stories, raw for the very first time I'm not sure I would be able to keep myself together <laughs> and yeah it's very I, difficult so my follow-up question to that is how do you then not carry the weight of all these women around with you every single day you know I've been asked that a lot that's a that's a very common question I get asked and I um I don't carry it around because I know that I've been called to do this hmm. Right. I feel that this is my calling. So for me, if this is my calling, I believe in God. He's mm-hmm. He's going to carry that burden, not me. Mm-hmm. He's going to carry me through having to to listen, not having to. I choose to, but He's the one that's ultimately going to give me peace and rest. Mm-hmm. So. And I think what you're actually doing is you're giving you're giving women freedom. You're providing them that space that's safe for them that they can feel that they can be vulnerable and share what happened to them. And then as they're sharing that story, you're almost taking a picture as they're sharing of those chains breaking off of them slowly one at a time. And they're just, they're coming into that step, you know, stepping into this light of freedom and to be themselves to say, I'm beautiful. This is me. Like your story makes you who you are. And that's why we started our podcast too, is just to give people the space to share their story and to share something that they've been through that makes them who they are. And there's so many people that live with regrets and live with shame and guilt and they cover up their scars. They want to put more makeup on. They put on a facade on social media or something and they're not real because they don't want to show what's actually happened to them yeah and you're giving them the freedom to do that and to to be comfortable doing that yeah and it's such a I I feel like it's such an honor for me it's Mm -hmm. really an honor I I get the privilege of them trusting me enough to do that so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm so honored by doing it yeah I love that So at the, towards the end of each of our episodes, we ask our guests, guests, 
can't say that today, apparently, to share a song. And I'm sure you've had a lot of stories. Um, music is really impactful for both Kristen and I being music therapists that we can um, see the power of music in people um, and just in the world around us. So we would love to hear a song that you want to choose for your your episode, whether that's something that's impacted your life directly, something that's in your life right now, maybe a long time ago, whatever that may be. So if you would so kindly share with us what you would choose and why. So it's a song by Maverick City Music. Mm-hmm. And it's called Breathe. Mm. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. And why would you choose that? Because we get to breathe. <laughs> it's just that simple, right? We, it's, we take it for granted. We take yeah. it for granted and, you know, we don't realize the privilege and the opportunities that we have on this planet. And we all have the same, we all have the same opportunities if we choose to make the decision to, you know, be the difference in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. It's just a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and breathing is what a gift. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize what happens when you're sleeping at night and then how you have to wake up the next morning and just the biological process that needs to happen to your body every hour, every 24 hours, you know, as you're waking up or, you know, whatever that may be and how amazing it is to get up and to breathe yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. That's right. And what are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? What are you going to do with your breath? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think your nonprofit is amazing. I think that the movement that you're starting is a huge benefit to women to and really to anybody. Um, but just sharing that scars don't make you broken. Um, they should be celebrated. And I think that's really wonderful. Um, so we will share our um, we'll share more information in the show notes and in the description on YouTube, um, how to find you, how to get in touch with you and how to book your own session if you want to. How to get that <laughs> coffee also, table book. <laughs> yeah, the coffee table book. Get a book. Yeah, yeah, everything. So we are just really grateful to get to know you and to get to talk to you and see what's happening in Texas and all around the country and in the world and as it grows and just be a part of your story too. So we thank you so much for sharing and thank you for your time. Likewise. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you.